Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is going to be an interesting episode. I'm going to be sharing my thoughts on the latest Google Core algorithm update. So most of you probably know that Google updated their algorithms. Um, They made a core update starting September 24th of 2019. We're going to go into great detail about what we're seeing on this. Um, Some of the information uh, is going to be reserved for paid readers of our newsletter, but I'm going to share a fair amount with you here in uh, this particular episode of podcast because there's some interesting things that are happening. We'll also talk in this episode about the Daily Mail. It appears that they're making some type of a recovery, and I'll share with you why I think that's happening, Um, and a little bit more on the rich snippet updates and a few other things as well. So let's jump right in and start talking about this core quality update, uh, because I know most of you are probably most interested in hearing what's happening happening here. Um, So as we mentioned before, Google has actually announced that this update is happening. This is not one of those updates where we see big changes and then we're left to determine whether an update happened or, um, you know, what's going on. Uh, This is a situation where Google has said um, they tweeted um, from the Google search liaison account uh, on September 24th and they said later today we are releasing a broad core algorithm update as we do several times per year. It's called the September 2019 core update. Our guidance about such updates remain as we've covered before. Please see this blog for more about that. The blog post that they link to is their post uh, that received controversy because it mentions EAT and links out to my article on EAT along with several other uh, amazing SEOs who have written on the subject. So we know, we've known this for a couple of years, at least I've suspected this, that when Google updates their algorithms, they are basically making changes to quality. They're making changes to how they determine whether a site is high quality or not. Something interesting that we're seeing seeing is that a lot of sites that were hit on June 3rd, um, maybe a lot is not the right word, some sites that were negatively affected with the June 3rd core update are now seeing either full recoveries or um, uh, at least a partial sense of a recovery. And even as I'm saying this, uh, so I'm recording this on October 2nd of 2019, we're still seeing some sites that uh, as of a day or two are just starting to see some changes with the September update. So if you're disappointed that you haven't seen improvements, give it time. Um, This is common that it'll take time for updates to roll out to different data centers and, uh, and for Google to, you know, collect all the information that they're trying to collect and and reevaluate websites. So the first thing to know is that this is a significant update. Um, One of the ways that we can determine whether it's significant is by how full our inbox is. And we have a lot of people that have written to us saying that their traffic has dropped and they're looking for help in recovery. And while we don't promise that we can help every site recover, um, I think we're getting a bit of a reputation for actually being um, on the right side of things and, and understanding Uh, for the most part, what type of changes Google's doing. Um, And so it's my goal to sort of share that with you. I don't claim to know everything. I have no secret inside, uh, you know, phone that I can call Google on and and get this information. But we do have uh, a large number of hundreds of sites that um, have come to us over the years uh, saying that they've seen drops in traffic. And with every single update, we look at what's changed and what we think is happening with these sites. uh, And we can get a lot of information. 
We also look at pretty much everything that Google employees say publicly um, and what other SEOs are thinking as well. So this morning, uh, we had a fantastic team meeting here at MHC. And as we do most days when there's been a significant algorithm update, we wait for a week or so to pass. And then each of the team looks at their own set of clients that they've been doing site quality reviews for and reports on who's seeing gains and potentially who's uh, actually been negatively affected by algorithm updates. And then we talk as a team and say, ah, here were the issues that we pointed out as potential trust issues or, um, you know, other maybe technical issues on the site. And it's interesting to see some of the patterns that we're seeing. So I don't want to seem super secretive here in not sharing all of this information on podcast. We're still kind of uh, fleshing it out and um, determining, you know, before I write a thorough article on this, I want to give it a little bit more time. But if you are a paid newsletter subscriber, then you'll be able to see our very early thoughts, especially on what's going on with medical sites. We're seeing a couple of uh, our medical, um, alternative medical sites, especially in uh, nutrition areas that are actually seeing some recoveries. And some of them we think are due to uh, changes that they've made based on our recommendations. But we also think that Google has sort of relaxed the rules a little bit in terms of uh, what they're considering trust issues for uh, scientific consensus sites and things like that. I know this seems kind of vague. Uh, and so if you want to read newsletter, even with the free version, we've got a significant amount of information on what we think is happening. And again, we've written a fair amount in the paid version on uh, uh, some more specifics on what we're seeing with um, sites that are seeing recoveries and, and even some sites that have not seen uh, recoveries. So um, I think one thing that I wanted to note here, and I, I, I think this is important to know, when there is a core algorithm update, if your site sees dramatic changes, either up or down, there's really only two reasons for this. One is that something has changed on your site and Google no longer, uh, or, you know, has changed, whether they trust it, whether they feel that you have EAT. That change could be something that you've done. You know, maybe you've accidentally no-indexed the site. Um, you know, maybe you've, uh, and we've seen it happen, uh, maybe you've no-indexed parts of the site, or maybe you've messed up your canonical tags. There could be changes that you have made, uh, changes that have happened to your business that make it so that Google's algorithms have issue with the site. But the second possibility is that Google's made changes in the criteria that they use to determine quality. And we think that this is what has happened with the September 24th update. I think this is probably a big enough one that I'll be writing a full article on it. Um, my schedule is insanely packed for the rest of October. I'll be sharing at the end of podcast uh, all of the things that we're doing uh, as a team, but we will get something out um, for everybody to read. And especially after we've looked at more sites that have been hit. Um, let's talk about the Daily Mail. On June 3rd with the core update, the Daily Mail was an interesting site that saw massive drops in traffic. And I saw a um, tweet by, uh, I believe it was Systrix, who... Um, reported that they're seeing nice improvements. And certainly if you look at the last couple of months, uh, they've seen a dramatic bounce up with this September 24th update. However, if you look at the grand scheme of things, they're really, really barely 
scratching the surface in terms of recovery. Um, so here's what we think happened. One of the things that we pointed out with the Daily Mail, because I'm 100% convinced that the June 3rd update was primarily about uh, trust. And um, even about, uh, you know, a big component of it was about whether your medical content is in line with scientific consensus. Um, but there were other elements of trust as well. Now, we pointed out that the Daily Mail tends to not have the best reputation when it comes to high quality content. There is all sorts of stuff written uh, all over the internet about um, why you should not be trusting content that's on the Daily Mail. And I think that that's probably a component of why they are still not back to full recovery. Um, but the other thing that we pointed out was that the Daily Mail had a horrendous ad experience. In our June 3rd article, uh, I actually took a screenshot um, and created a GIF out of the ad experience on pages on the Daily Mail. And uh, they have greatly toned that down. Um, one of the things now, if you look at the Daily Mail, if you look at any of these pages, they still have loads of ads. But the difference is that these ads are no longer obscuring content. Um, and so it used to be that the ads were kind of like as you scrolled, you would have to scroll past an ad or there would be an ad that was sort of integrated underneath the content. And it sort of forced you to look at the ad when a reader would, reader would want to look at the content instead. And so while they still have ads on the page, the ads are no longer obstructing um, the content. And so this is interesting because if you look at the quality raters guidelines, I actually just did another read through of the guidelines because I'm preparing for so many different talks coming up. And uh, gosh, people, if you have read the quality raters guidelines, read them again. I, I've probably read them a hundred times. And every time I see something new that I go, oh, this is something that we could look at and determine whether we could improve quality this way. Um, there's a whole section in the guidelines on ads. And in the newsletter, I've copied that section so you can read that. But one of the things to note is that it says pages with ads, supplemental content, or other features that distract from or interrupt the use of the main content should be given a low rating. So we believe that Google is trying to do this algorithmically. Uh, I anticipate that there will be further updates to this in the future. I think right now Google's working on um, other elements of trust more uh, importantly. But, um, you know, if you have a crazy, horrible ad experience, then, uh, you know, you may be affected now by this. So if you were negatively affected at the time of any core updates, whether, you know, this year we've had the March 12th update, we've had June 3rd, uh, and now we've had this September 24th core update, uh, I really would urge you to look at your ad experience. It's not that Google doesn't like ads. Google knows that websites need revenue, that websites exist because we make money off of our websites, um, but they don't want sites that just blast users with ads uh, in a way that users are going to be annoyed. Uh, so that's a good thing to look at if you have seen hits with quality drops, uh, with quality updates. With that said, it's pretty rare that we look at a site and go, ah, there's this one thing that's wrong with the site. And if you fix this, you'll see a recovery. Um, you know, I, I think usually if you've been negatively affected, there are many issues in terms of, of quality that need to be uh, looked at. Joy Hawkins uh, wrote some information in the local search forum. Uh, she thinks that there may be a local component to the September 
24th core algorithm update. This is significant because normally uh, Google's organic and local algorithms are really quite separate. Now, sometimes what we'll see is that probably one of the ranking factors for local rankings, so I'm talking in your maps listings, like the three-pack um, listing that you have for local businesses, um, a component of where you rank there is how well you rank organically. So if you actually improved your rankings with the core update organically, then that has the possibility of improving your rankings locally as well. Um, but it seems to joy that there actually was a local component uh, to this update as well. We have we don't have a lot of um, local clients that we manage Google My Business for, uh, but one of them I took a look at, and sure enough, they're seeing bumps up in um, uh, in their local listing. Um, rankings, and they're also seeing uh, an increase in traffic and an increase in business starting September 24th. Uh, but then the site also is seeing um, changes in organic rankings. So it's hard to say whether there specifically was a local aspect. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, it, it can often be hard to determine whether there's uh, whether there's been a local algorithm update because it's so variable and so much depends on proximity. Um, I know Right Local had reached out to me that they've got a new tool uh, to look at local rankings and I'm very uh, apologetic that I have not been able to look at it. I haven't had time. Um, but it's something that you might want to look at if you are concerned about local rankings and trying to determine whether things have dropped or improved or not. We had an announcement from Google this week to say that they had messed up their breadcrumbs report. Uh, I think we talked about this last week, but if you have um, received emails from Google from Search Console saying you have errors in your breadcrumbs, that was probably a mistake on Google's side. Uh, they uh, noted that they flagged a bug and in their documentation it says, quote, the last crumb on the chain does not in fact require an explicit URL target. Um, and so that was something that was sending people errors uh, when in fact it actually wasn't an error. So uh, if you got errors, I still think you should investigate what's happening. You want to make sure you do everything you can to make it um, clear for Google to understand your site. Uh, but the error, the message might have been sent in error. I thought this was really interesting. Somebody asked John Mueller whether um, Google could understand text in images. Now, I have seen blog posts before. I think we linked to one from uh, in newsletter. Uh, Cognitive SEO had an article uh, showing where Google had indeed identified text from images. With that said, though, John Mueller replied uh, to, it was Rohit Ratha who asked this question, and John said, use text if you want something recognized as text. Don't assume magic will happen. So John's not saying that Google can't read text in images, but uh, I think he's saying, you know, you can't count on that happening. Next, another interesting tweet by John Mueller. He asked whether um, your SEO agency publishes your address. Uh, and a lot of, I mean, it had some interesting responses. So if you're running an SEO agency or if you are a solo consultant, you know, maybe working from your home, why don't you publish your address? And I think we can all realize that there are reasons to do this. Um, when I used to work from my home rather than my office now, uh, I had... Um, 
uh, hate mail sent to me. I think a lot of people thought that I worked for Google, and because I did a lot of Google penalty work, um, you know, there were people that were mad at me. <laughs> and so I had somebody send me hate mail to my home address, which is kind of scary, right? Uh, it, it didn't really have death threats in it, but it was not a pleasant thing. Um, and so I can understand why, you know, I don't want people turning up at my house because they need SEO services. Um, so I can understand that. But the reason why I brought this up is, I, I, you know, John may have just been curious and perhaps Google's making some changes, uh, you know, that don't, that don't even matter. But I think uh, that there's a secret um, motive here. So if we look in the quality raters guidelines, again, uh, there's a section that says this uh, for, it says important for YMYL pages and other pages that require a high level of user trust an unsatisfying amount of any of the following is a reason to give a page a low quality rating. And so the list includes the following customer service information, contact information, information about who's responsible for the website, or information about who created the content. So if you are running an SEO agency, that's a YMYL. Uh, most of those queries are going to be YMYL. Um, I mean, we could argue whether or not every SEO query is YMYL. Perhaps if I'm searching, you know, what is a no-followed link, that may not be YMYL. But if I'm looking for people, if I want people to find me on the search results and hire me to do search engine optimization for them, then that's a YMYL query. So the reason why I'm saying this is no matter whether you're an SEO agency or you run some other type of business, you absolutely want to make sure that you have appropriate content contact information on your website. So I'm not saying that everybody has to run out and put your home address on your website if you work from home. Um, but what I am saying is make sure that there are ways for people to contact you. Uh, so, you know, you could potentially um, uh, put your email address or at least a contact form. Um, think about whether users would be annoyed that there is a lack of contact information on your website. Um, and so I, the reason why I'm mentioning this is that I do think that this is something, this is something that we have in our reports, you know, is it easy to find contact information? I think that's an element of trust. And I think it's possible that Google will come out with changes in the algorithm in the future that say, ah, if there's no available contact information for a service area business, for a um, small business that operates locally, then we're not going to rank that site. So, I, you know, this is a theory. I can't prove that. Um, but I think that we should be paying attention to it. And I think unless there is a very strong reason for anonymity, you should be sharing as much as you can on um, uh, who's responsible for your website and how people can contact you. Google announced um, some more granular control for snippets. This is really interesting. Um, previously, there was a tag that we could use, a meta robots tag that said uh, no snippet. And what it would do is remove your entire page from snippet consideration. So let me explain that because it seems like a bunch of gobbledygook when I'm saying it. Um, so if I, let's say I had a page and it had a featured snippet and uh, the featured snippet was actually causing me to lose traffic. And that can happen sometimes. Some featured snippets result in extra traffic. Some of them, they lose traffic. Um, so let's say that I did not want that featured snippet to appear. I could use the meta no snippet tag, and it would not show a featured snippet. 
The problem is, though, nothing from that page would generate a snippet, uh, not even a featured snippet. So if somebody was looking for, um, you know, my page on regular organic search results, uh, there would be no what looks like the meta description underneath. Uh, and so that's not always optimal. So what Google has done is made some changes where we can mark certain parts of a page as ineligible for a snippet. Um, and here's one of the reasons why uh, this happens. Um, and I think, let's see here. Okay, so uh, some of you probably remember this thing where it used to be that if you did a search for how many legs does a horse have, the answer that would come up in, it wasn't really a featured snippet, it was more of an answer box, would be pulled from Wikipedia and it would say a horse has six legs. Well, that's probably wrong, right? And so I investigated this, and it looks like the article that um, was ranking in Wikipedia was one that was actually talking about philosophy. And it was saying, well, you know, uh, so I'll read it here. It's the story of Jack and the five-legged horse. My uncle once said, boy, do you see that horse? Yes, sir. How many legs does that horse have? Four. Now, what if I say the horse's tail is a leg, too? Uh, if I call a horse's tail a leg, how many legs does that horse have? Five. Boy, will you never learn? It doesn't matter what you call something, the horse still has four legs. I think that's a really great analogy. Um, and so the whole point of the article was not to describe how many legs a horse had, was to basically say, look, I don't care what you call it. I don't care whether you say a horse has six legs. In reality, a horse has four legs um, or five legs or whatever. I'm getting the numbers mixed up. So in this instance, Wikipedia actually... Um, I don't can't remember if they put a no snippet or they no indexed that entire page because it was appearing falsely on Google searches. Now they can use this new um, clarification on uh, which parts of the page are allowed to be used for snippets, and they could actually um, mark that section as no snippet. Uh, using the new um, controls that we have, and that section would no longer uh, be shown in Google search, but the rest of the page would be eligible, eligible for snippets. So I think that's great. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it, it can really help a lot of sites that um, don't want to be featured in snippets. So uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. Let's move on to, uh, we've been talking a lot about this Starmageddon, uh, which Google doesn't want us to call Starmageddon. It's the rich review uh, update. And um, here's an interesting thing. Cyrus Shepard tweeted this. According to Dr. Pete at Moz, uh, he's got a really great post that shows that Google review stars in search results are down 14% since the update, but certain industries are affected more. So finance sites, we're seeing 46% fewer sites showing review stars in the search results. Real estate sites are down 46%, and law and government sites are down 28% as well. There was a bit more clarification from John Mueller on... Um, um, losing the stars in the search results and whether this applies to, uh, and we talked about this last week, sites that are reviewing your own products. Then uh, John said that if you have products on, on site that you manufacture 
and uh, you've marked those up with uh, customer reviews, those are not affected. It's basically um, if you're writing a review about your business, uh, somebody asked, I don't have this right in front of me, but I remember reading that um, somebody asked, well, what if I'm a plumber and my product is uh, the fact that I go to people's houses and, and fix them with their, their, or fix them, help them with their plumbing issues. Uh, and John replied basically saying, well, that's a service, you know, so you're reviewing your own business and that's the type of thing that you cannot mark up on your own site or if you do mark it up, you're not going to get the review stars in the search results. Jumping back to the snippets change, there are changes in Yoast that um, if you have a European site, this is important for you to look at. I feel like I don't have a complete handle on this, so I'm going to do my best at explaining it, but I would urge you, we've linked to Yoast's, Yoast's blog post in newsletter, and I would urge you to look at that if this is important to you. Um, it has to do, I believe, with the GDPR uh, and the fact that... Um, you have to be careful what you're displaying uh, in terms of, of privacy and, and stuff like that. So um, Yoast has made some changes to allow you to uh, opt into some of these new snippet features that Google has. And um, you are actually opted in by default. So if you need to be careful about what you're publishing, then, uh, you know, here I would uh, really, really pay attention to this. I'm actually, you know, because I feel like I'm not doing a good job explaining this, I'm actually going to read a portion of Yoast's uh, blog post on this. It's entitled, A French Copyright Law. Suddenly we make a dramatic plot twist. France turns out to have introduced a new copyright law. Oh, so maybe it's not GDPR. Um, which is the first implementation of Europe's new copyright law. Okay, so they're connected. I am not a lawyer, but as Google explains in their blog post, it requires for publishers to opt in to a display of their snippets. Whereas in the past, you had to opt out. Note that blog post is in French on their French blog. Okay, blah, 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 let's see. It turns out that you can also use these new robots meta features to opt in to all of those displays. Basically use the meta robots to opt in to have your snippet text videos and images being displayed as all at all. Because this French law implements the new European law, chances are that the other implement implementations of this copyright law across Europe are going to require similar action. This would mean that more countries would need to opt in if they don't want to lose their snippets. We don't know that, of course, but better be safe than sorry. So I think I'll just end this in saying if something weird is going on with your ability to have any snippets, so again, the words in the search result that often are your meta description, sometimes Google rewrites it. If you're not seeing that and you are in Europe, uh, then you might want to look into this a little more um, uh, uh, with a little more detail. Let's, uh, let's talk about this um, interesting uh, story, talking about Boris Johnson. Um, this was a really great story. I believe it sur surfaced with Barry Adams at Polemic Digital. He has a good article on this. Uh, but uh, it's been in the news a lot. So Boris Johnson apparently has a really, really smart SEO team. Um, and, you know, I don't know a lot about um, European politics at all, but I do know that uh, anytime I've seen Boris Johnson talk, he seems like he's kind of rambling a lot and he'll go tell stories that don't seem to be relevant and people go, what was that all about? Well, I think um, from reading these articles that this is actually an SEO ploy. Uh, so one of the examples uh, that was given was how... Um, 
Let's see now. There was uh, some Google News stories. In the past, if you did a search for Boris Johnson model, uh, there would be unfavorable news stories that uh, surfaced about, you know, some something that happened in his past. And so in an effort, I believe, in an effort to make those stories kind of go away, it's almost like reputation management, he started talking about creating a model bus. Um, and now if, and, and the story, you know, people were saying, where was he going? What was the point of this story? But now if you search for Boris Johnson model, you'll get the stories about this bus that he, model bus that he built years ago. Uh, um, and forgive me if I'm getting the details wrong, but the important part here is is that uh, Google News, you know, if you're an important enough uh, figure, then everything you say can get quoted. And so if you're seeing that you're ranking for something that you don't really want to be ranking for, then try to rank for that term with a positive news story. And that could potentially help. This reminds me of something we've talked about before, uh, where we've talked about before how Zendesk wanted to rank for Zendesk alternatives. Uh, and what they did was they created a band and they called the band Zendesk Alternative and they made a website uh, and I'm sure I haven't done this search recently, but I'm sure if you search for it, you'll see that, um, you know, instead of ranking a competitor at number one um, for Zendesk alternative, they ranked their band at number one, uh, which was really a fascinating thing. Um, let's see. I think we're almost through here. Um see a couple more things local seo um if you are a restaurant uh you'll remember that there were um there's a change that happened gosh i can't remember how long ago now where in your knowledge panel you could see an order online button and customers users were getting really frustrated with this because that button was connected to um services like doordash and in a lot of places uh, doordash wasn't working with that business or it was just really really frustrating so if you see that appearing in your knowledge panel and you want to get rid of it, you can now do that. Uh, Joy Hawkins has written a really good article on search engine land that talks about how to do that. So that's important to know. I think we'll end with a Q&A. So this is an interesting question. Um, Here's the, uh, and if you want to ask me a question in each episode of newsletter, we've linked to a form that you can do uh, to ask me a question. Um, as some of you may have noticed, especially some of you who have known me for years, I um, have had to cut down on how much personal advice I'm, I'm giving to uh, sites. Um, I have people all the time that are texting me, sending me Facebook messages, sending me Twitter DMs uh, with just a quick question on SEO. And at one point, I was spending uh, as many as eight hours a day trying to help people with these. So I've had to cut back on how much personal advice uh, I'm giving. And that doesn't sound right. I'm giving nobody advice on their personal lives. Um, but you know what I'm saying. So if you have a question for me, uh, the Q&A is really the best place to do it. Or if it's a question that you want to pay for consulting, my team uh, can help with that as well. So here's the question. Why does Google show in top rankings medicine sites who build backlinks from featured links via directory submission sites, forum links, high toxic links, etc., and they're ranking really well day by day. Even after the core update on September 24th, those sites jumped high in ranking. Uh, the site has not fulfilled the EAT guidelines. So my question is, um, what quality? What is quality? What quality is Google maintaining here? All right, so I think the main question here is, why am I seeing sites outrank me when these sites have horrible, unnatural links? And uh, we've been told that that's a sign of low quality. So why did they outrank me? 
I think now this is a tough question to answer without seeing the specific sites that you're talking about. Um, but usually the answer to this question is that we don't know what's happening with the site's disavow file. Um, there are tons of sites that, uh, you know, built unnatural links years ago, and now they've disavowed those links and they're not factored into Google's calculations. Um, it's also possible too, that these are the types of links that Google is just ignoring. So when I spoke, I've been speaking for a while now about how we believe that uh, August 22nd to 29th and also September 13th and 17th of this year were likely link-related updates and many sites with unnatural links are seeing drops and many sites that have disavowed unnatural links are seeing gains. Um, and so we have a whole article we wrote recently on that uh, about disavowing. So you can you can find that, I'm sure. Uh, if you can't find it, just reach out to me at, in Twitter and I'll, uh, I'll find it for you. Um, the point is that we do believe that Google can look at link quality and consider that a sign of low trust. The thing is, though, Google is getting good at determining which links are just, oh, these are spammy links that they're not going to help. So if you've built, let's say some of these sites are building uh, low-quality directory links, as an example. That's the type of link that Google's algorithms are probably like, eh, we'll just ignore those. The directories that the links are coming from probably have no EAT. There's really no reason for Google to count those links as a recommendation for your site. But the links that are causing drops in rankings are not that type of link. They're links that you have purposely made that at one point probably helped rankings. So I'm talking about um, articles, uh, guest posting links, not all guest posting is wrong, but if you have been overly abusing guest posting, content marketing, you're doing it primarily to get links, then you probably are seen as lower quality and those sites are having trouble ranking, especially for medical terms, for YMYL medical terms. So, um, and then the other thing to consider as well is we don't know whether, so let's say those links that you're seeing that look spammy, maybe they're new links. Maybe you're like, wow, somebody's actively building these unnatural links to this website uh, in the form of low quality directories, forum posts, and stuff like that. That could be an attempt at negative SEO. We don't know that those links were built by that specific company themselves. So, um, you know, I think uh, I'd have to look at the actual site in question to see what's happening. I do think there are some people that are killing it with, uh, with um, unnatural links. There are some black hats that have figured out ways to make PBNs, private blog networks, that uh, are still working. Um, but they're working less and less. And the problem is... If you use one of these and let's say two years from now, you see a reduction in rankings, well, maybe Google changed the algorithm so that they can now detect these unnatural links that used to be helping you. But you won't know two years from now that, oh, I should have disavowed those because um, at the time they seemed to help. So if you get, uh, you know, building PBN links and, and that type of low quality, well, I wouldn't even say low quality, link that actually could work. It's super, super risky. Um, and I would only do this if you have a site that, uh, well, I personally wouldn't do it, but I would only say maybe it could be okay if you have a site where you are totally okay if the site gets demolished in terms of Google rankings. Um, so, you know, if it's kind of a burner site, that's fine. But I would not recommend, you know, if you find some sort of linking practice 
course that uh, you think potentially is working, but you know is against Google's guidelines, then that's risky. And I, at any point, Google can catch on um, and you can either get a manual action or you can see a reduction that will suppress you for as long as you have those links present. So uh, I would really urge you not to get involved in that type of thing. We're going to end it there. Um, we have at MHC a couple of really busy weeks coming up. Uh, next week, my entire team and I will be at PubCon Vegas, and we have a booth this year. So uh, we're going to make sure that we have somebody at the booth all the time. At least one of my auditors is going to be there, and I'll try to be there as much as I can. Uh, so if you have questions about your website, then we'll see what we can do to help you with that, especially if you have questions about link quality um, and EAT, that type of thing. Uh, I will be giving several talks at PubCon. Um, there is a masterclass the day before PubCon, so it's the Monday next week, uh, where I'm going to be speaking with Dixon Jones and Ann Smarty all on the topic of link building. I'm going to be talking a fair bit about disavowing as well at that. And I'll be speaking with Jennifer Slegg on the Quality Raiders Guidelines and with Lily Ray on EAT. My EAT talk, I'm really, really, uh, I learned a lot in creating this talk. I try to do a different talk for every event that I go to. So this week I'm creating five different talks. Um, but uh, I'm talking mostly on trust and some new things that I haven't spoken on before. The week following, I will be at Search Love in London um, and talking uh, generally on EAT. So we will not be publishing newsletter next week because all of our staff will be at PubCon. We'll have one the week following. And I just want to end by saying, if you have been thinking of having us do a review, our waiting list is really growing. With this latest update, uh, we've had a lot of requests for help. So now is the time to get in. We do offer some urgency fees if you have the budget um, and want to get it done sooner and not sit on the waiting list. So that was a lot of stuff to cover this week. Um, I really look forward to digging in further to find out what's going on with this September 24th update. Thank you for listening, and I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. <music> 